1860. Seventeen years before Edison, a Parisian inventor, Edward Leon Scott de Martinville, created a device called a phonoautograph. This device etched visual sound waves onto paper covered in soot and smoke from a burning oil lamp, and he set the world on fire. Welcome to Dead Wax. I'm Sean, your host. Let's explore lost recordings, forgotten artists, and old record history from the days of 78 RPM records. So first off, the irony of a digital program about an analog topic is not lost on me. So let's assume I'm coming to you from an old Philco radio. You know the one from the 20s that were the size of a refrigerator with tubes and open circuits that used as much electricity as an electric oven and actually gave off heat like a fireplace. So we turned that big dial in the center of the console, squealing and squawking through radio frequencies until we find the channel. You know, the channel with the old time radio show. Well, that's what I dreamed dead wax could be. Now, you may ask yourself, why dead wax? Well, let me tell you, this podcast will endeavor to cover the many recording artists of the early 1900s, all recorded on shellac discs or Edison wax cylinders, all intended to be played on great grandma's wind-up gramophone. When you study the anatomy of an old record, there are specific parts of the disc whose names are lost to the English language. We start off by placing the tone arm, or reproducer, which has a large steel needle poking out of it, onto the outer edge of this black disc, which is now spinning at precisely 78 RPM on a turntable. This outer edge We will call this the lead-in groove area. And when the needle begins to enter the tightly packed grooves, all the lovely melodies begin to flow out. Real groovy. Get it? And as the melodies fade, the needle enters the area on the innermost part of the disc that we call the dead wax. To me, it all seems like dead wax. The artists are all dead. Most of the record discs have been discarded. The machines that played the discs are lost, destroyed, or in a museum, or in the hands of collectors. But there is a glimmer of light. Enthusiasts like myself are preserving and rescuing all this old technology and these priceless recordings. And I'm going to try to resurrect and share their stories and talents with listeners like you. 
When I conceived doing this podcast, there was never a doubt that the first artist I would like to talk about was going to be Vernon Delhart. Born Marion Tri Slaughter in 1883, was an American country music singer and songwriter. His recordings of the classic ballad Wreck of the Old 97 was the first country song to sell one million copies. He took his stage name from two towns, Vernon and Delhart in Texas, between which he punched cattle as a teenager in the 1890s. Delhart's father, Robert Marion Slaughter, was killed by his brother-in-law, Bob Castleberry, when Vernon was about 10 years old. Then when Delhart was 12 or 13, the family moved from Jefferson to Dallas, Texas. Here's side one, The Wreck of the Old 97, a mountain ballad that had previously been recorded unsuccessfully by Henry Witter. Dalhart's smoother, more citified approach to the song captured the public's attention and became the biggest seller of the 1920s. Put her in, set her on time. He looked round, says to his black greasy fireman, just shove on in a little more coal. And when we cross that white oak mountain, you can watch old night seven roll. rough road from Lynchburg to Danville and a line on a three-mile grade. It was on that grade that he lost his average and you see what a jump he Throttle and a scalded to death with a speed. 
Now ladies, you must take warning from this time now and on. Never speak hard words to your true love and husband. He may leave you and never return. Train wrecks being a big deal at the time, many old-time songs dealt with the subject. From 1896 until the 1930s, showmen would travel the country staging wrecks at state fairs. We sure love a train wreck. Del Hart's education was rooted in classical music. He wanted to be an opera singer. And in 1930, he got a part in Madame Butterfly and HMS Pinafore. He saw an advertisement in a local newspaper for singers and he applied. He was auditioned by Thomas Alva Edison and went on to record for Edison Records from 1916 to 1923. He made over 400 recordings of light classical music and early dance band vocals for various record labels. He employed more than a hundred pseudonyms, such as Al Carver, Vernon Dale, Frank Evans, Hugh Latimer, Sid Turner, George White, Bob White. Now here's side two, his other big hit, The Prisoner's Song. Prison 
This was a hit. In many ways, it was one of the greatest songs in the 1920s. Both these songs generated court cases over copyright and ownership. But unperturbed by all this, Del Hart went on to record for whichever label would pay him. In a quote from Variety, they said, Del Hart had this peculiar ability to adapt hillbilly music to suit the taste of the non-hillbilly population. He was a professional substitute for a real hillbilly. He was the forerunner of a pop country crossover artist. Delhart died in Bridgeport, Connecticut on September 14, 1948 in relative obscurity. He'll always be the one who sold country music to America and the world. So let's close with Vernon Delhart as Al Carver in side three, the farm relief song. Bull weevils in the cotton patch, can get them out, and it's all that we have to talk about. We got good people and their belief. What we need for the people is a farm relief. And it looks to me we should all agree. What we need for the people is a farm relief. We can eat sow belly with turnip greens, but we sure do have to plan and scheme. We all start working at the break of day, and we don't get credit and we don't get pay. And it looks to me that we should all agree, what we need for the people is the farm relief. Kids are ragged and they got no shoes, and all we have is the farm relief blues. Us poor people have to work and fret, cause the doggone farm relief hasn't helped yet. It looks to me we should all agree, what we need for the people is the farm relief. Rent's too high and the market's too low. We ask for credit and they all say no. 
We've got good people and they all know well what the poor old farmer makes they can't sell. Now, don't you think that we should all agree what we need for the people is the farm relief? Little bee sucks the blossoms clean, and the big bee gets all the honey it seems. The little man makes the cotton and corn, and the big man goes around a tooting his horn. So it looks to me we should all agree what we need for the people is the farm relief. Bull weevils in the cotton, they're everywhere. Maybe they're in Washington, way up there. If you get there before I do, and you have no weevils, then I'll come too. And it looks to me that we should all agree, what we need for the people is the farm relief. Thanks for listening. Make sure you tell your friends. And please leave your comments and ideas for future shows. I'm Sean. This was Dead Wax. We'll catch you on the flip side.